0: To film shapes,
1: the podcast. Thatcher had just got in. Politically, there was always this attempt to silence. Welcome to Film Shapes. Uh, today we have Richard Sawada here to tell us about the Revelation Perth International Film Festival, which was going to start on Thursday, July first, but um, things have changed a little. Hello, Richard.
2: Hello, and hello, hey. listeners. How you going? I'm, I'm very good. I'm in a hotel room, you know. Uh, you know, I don't mind hotel rooms, actually, but, yeah, so I'm uh, locked down in a hotel room for the next couple of days.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, Rolly's here too. How you going, Rolly?
0: Not bad. Not bad at all. And we should say, what have, what have we got where the 29th of June? Uh, so, yeah, it wasn't far out um, before the opening of the festival that uh, lockdown got called at the last minute here in Perth. Yeah. Um, so it's caused quite a few complications, but uh, I don't know if we want to focus too much on the negative. Um, uh, there's no, but of but with the festival to talk about, isn't there?
1: Sure, but yeah, could, could Richard? Can you tell us what's what's changed then?
2: Look, the uh, there's a couple of things. One is that with event running an event, it doesn't matter where it is in the in the country or in the world, even, but it doesn't matter where it is, you've got to prepare for the fact that you're not going to be going ahead whatever, you, whatever you, you might think, however long it's been since, you know, there's been an outbreak of COVID or whatever, you've got to be thinking that you're not going to be going ahead. And, look, you know, just as a quick one, less than a month ago, uh, I was directing the St Kilda Film Festival in St Kilda, and we had uh we had a pretty good run. We had an opening night, nearly 1,000 people in the theatre. Four days later, we were finished, you okay. know, COVID hit, and we were gone, um, and things were going, motoring along very nicely for us. But... You know, when you're going into the event, that there was a 50-50 chance of uh things not working out in your in your favor. Uh, and it's the same with Rev, you know, it's like, like uh, you just got to go in with that state of mind. If it happens, you can't be shattered by it. You can't let it get to you. You can't run around in circles trying to figure out what to do. you just got to roll with it. Like we all know, you know, when you're putting on a gig or doing something that involves an unknown thing like the weather or people or the internet or anything like that, you've just got to be ready that it's going to fuck up and you just kind of keep moving forward. Uh, so that's what that's what we did. But, you know, we did the event in July last year as well, which was completely online. So, you know, we had a pretty good handle of that. But what we're doing this year is rather than just flat out cancel the event, is uh, like you said, the event was going to be opening on Thursday uh, and then, uh, so we've just so we're out of lockdown on Saturday. So we're just slicing the front end of the event off and starting on Saturday with our program that was running on Saturday. Um, and so, however long COVID, the the lockdown gets extended, we'll just keep slicing until there's nothing left to slice. Uh, so that's that's what we're doing. It's so it's unfortunate for the films that we're at the front end of the program, um, but we might be able to squeeze them into the back end as we go so they'll still get a a run out of the game right right but might might not be on this necessarily the same track um so that's that's what we're doing uh and uh, we're all pretty happy with it seems to be going along really well um people have responded really positively to the whole thing and it's like you know as long as we keep our sword in the air and you know um waving it around we're um you know we're in in battle
1: so, do you think there's a chance that you may add a day or two? Do you reckon on the end of it?
2: Yeah, yeah. I think uh, if if all if all goes well, we'll probably uh, add because we're meant to finish on Sunday the 11th uh, of July. So we'll probably run the Monday the 12th and the Tuesday the 13th. So if it all goes well, that's where we'll we'll back in the front end like that.
1: Great, great, cool. Okay, nice one. I just gonna sorry. I'll sorry. jump
2: in and say it's just gonna be ready for anything. Uh and yeah. uh, you just go, yeah, all right, okay, let's do it. This is what we'll do. Okay, everyone, everyone agree? Okay, okay. Is there do. any
0: possibility, Richard, that you would add a streaming element to kind of make up for those films that missed out at the beginning? Is there any possibility to do that? I know you've got the Rev stream up going yeah. as well
2: yeah, look, it's an interesting question. When we did the streaming version of the event in July last year, either the bulk of the country was still in lockdown or fresh out of lockdown. So there was still a still that whole um embracing of watching content online and getting behind it and all that sort of thing. and it did it didn't go through the roof for us, but it did do badly for us. Uh, and, I know the Melbourne Film Festival, when they did their online event last year, it did very well for them. But the New Zealand Film Festival, who did their festival online last year, it completely stiffed. Um, So it's a very um, uh, dodgy, you know, it's a very unpredictable way to do things. Now, you know, for us with this, I'll go to the St Kilda Film Festival as well. We did a half online, half live event. And, you know, that did very well online, but it was all free, but it did very well. Uh, there was like 33,000 people or so that that engaged with the program all around the country, which is high numbers. Uh, and uh, but so when we did the event in July online, it was OK. And then we did an online component of the festival in December, just gone because Who knows what's going to happen? You're going to be in the physical world. You're going to be in the virtual world. So we did an online version of the event to run alongside the physical one. And that really didn't do very well at all. Um, It's a lot of work. Uh, It's expensive. Uh, It works. Like, you know, technically it's really good. uh, And building your own streaming platform and that sort of thing is lots of fun. Um, But... It really didn't work, and when you got when you're reporting to the filmmakers and the sales agents overseas, how many people saw your film over a two week period? One, mm. three, wow. and yeah, okay. none. And that that really starts to get embarrassing, and not only embarrassing, but it's really devalues the film, unfortunately, because um, it goes to national audiences. So it makes it difficult for other festivals to do, to do it, and it's just. It's just kind of embarrassing. So, um, so we we chose yeah. not to do that this year, and I I just don't think it's worth doing it unless you go all the way and make it known very very early on. Mm. Fair
0: enough. So it's it's not just a matter of building the platform. You've done it once, so you can just throw it back together, and people are going to use it. it doesn't necessarily work like that. I think it's a, a good. No,
2: to... you, you need you need to. But also the thing is, is that you know, the marketing and communications for a festival, as any event, takes money and time. And if you're running the split logistic of the physical and also the potential of the online, that's double your spend. Uh, And so it does detract from, you know, financially, from from the other side uh, and... Where money is very, very tough to get in WA, and you have to be very, very targeted with where you spend it, it's um, it might sound might sound like an easy option, but it's actually, you know, from an internal perspective, it's quite um, labour intensive and cost intensive, and there's no guarantee that it's actually going to work.
1: Yeah, right, uh, Richard. I have a question about um last year's festival coming yep. like that that was supposed to be about this time last year right
2: correct correct mm.
1: okay, so since um, you guys had it in december wasn't it late december that's right
2: we okay. yeah we did a truncated version in december instead of a 10 day event we did like a 5 day event
1: yeah that's right okay so come because of that was this one more difficult to to get ready for
2: that's a very good question the answer is yes Okay. Uh, the answer, is, because, you know, these things take, uh, you know, a lot of energy mm. uh, from a very small amount of people to do. Um, and they're really quite demanding. Like when, when I get back home after doing Rev here, I'm shattered, absolutely mm. shattered. I literally spend a week in bed. Uh, but I also like being in bed, so it's like uh, <laughs> that's not a bad thing necessarily. Uh, so um, – uh, so and, and also it – we kind of cannibalized our own content to a degree because some of the things that we had in the December event we would have now, um, so okay. it kind of narrowed our, our our field of vision a little bit because we'd already done them. Yeah. But having said that, there's still a lot of really really good films out there. Uh, but I think probably more than more than anything, it um, it was just uh, instead of putting our feet up for a little while, we were back into the. Um, mechanics of of mounting an event very quickly. Um, so mm. that's probably the issue. in terms of content there was there's no real um there wasn't any real net effect of um, having two events really close together. in fact, it's really quite a good thing to do in many ways because the the speed that films move through the screen industry now through the through the commercial sector now because of streaming services, yeah, you know a film Toronto in September would be on the festival scene for almost a full year um, after that now a film at Toronto in September is streaming by January yeah right so um, so in in actual fact if you wanted to catch all the films the contemporary films before they hit s- streaming services you would actually probably do two film festivals a year you do a summer one and a winter one I was going to suggest
1: that Richard do you mind doing one every six months? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll cut you in for a percentage, considering the idea was so good. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so that's that's the kind of thing that you got to think about, and yeah. it's the kind of the, it's the kind of way that you have to start. You have to be moving through the industry. It's like reshaping things all the time. Like a film festival is no longer what it what it was, and a film festival is not mm. ten dates of x amount of movies. The whole media environment has just changed so completely that you—it's not a matter of reinventing things, but you constantly have having to rethink the context that you're working in and think, okay, there's a couple of things I could do here. I can stay the same, or I can, you know, I can, you know, think in a different way. So. Fortunately for us, we've always been thinking in different ways. We always try new things out. We always give it a crack. Sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't work. But at least we have a, a you know a, a measure of what's possible and what what's capable within our financial and and creative um, you know strength. Mm. So um, uh, so we've been quite lucky in, in that respect because when COVID hit and all that sort of thing, we could you know it wasn't a big deal for us. Uh, we were already streaming material. We already knew how to monetize works online. We already knew how the platforms worked. Uh, the whole festival was uploaded and designed by the very computer that I'm talking to you from right now, which weighs oh, really? you know, twice as much as a phone. You know, wow. so um, from from a couch. Yeah. Um, so you know, this is the kind of. But you only know that by by giving it a go. Hmm. So you can stay still. Or you can, or or you can enjoy the environment, yeah. uh, and so that's that's what we do. Yeah. Oh, cool. I don't know if that answered uh, any kind of question, but
1: Oh, no, that's that's great. Um, so on to um, this year's festival. Did, did uh, could you tell us about the theme or themes for this year's one?
2: Well, look, you know, we were talking to a graphic artist. Well, he's not a graphic artist. He's an actual artist in in Victoria called mm-hmm. Mark Matic, and he's a augmented reality artist. And the program cover itself. Is this really great augmented reality artwork where you scan the code and the satellite that's on the front of the, you know, the program kind of pops out and spins around right. uh, and really jumps straight out of the page? It's really quite amazing. Anyway, he he called the <clears throat> the iteration of the artwork that he did distant but connected, uh, and that was the idea behind the satellite. Was that you know you you are in outer space but you're beaming to the world and you're 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 connected to the world electronically um so i kind of thought that's a really cool idea mm-hmm. and this is the first time we've actually had a a theme per se of the festival uh th- the programmatic themes emerge quite naturally just as the works as you're looking at the works and you you kind of see okay there's an emphasis on gender this year or there's an emphasis on architecture and design this year or there's an emphasis on Social justice in the environment, you know, in this year and such. So, so that's that's kind of the literal theme of the festival, distant but connected. Mm. But in terms of actual program content uh, and the the themes and the linkages between the programs, the um, what what we really saw emerging was a. Um, just a really, really stripped back approach across the board with documentaries and with feature films and with short films and that sort of thing. You know, there was a much, much deeper focus on, um, you know, uh, smaller moments and authentic relationships, you know, small relationships between, you know, a small amount of people, you know what I mean? So it yeah. was really um, no frills filmmaking Uh, And if COVID has given us anything, that is a really good takeaway from filmmaking, uh, for for filmmaking. It's that. Back to basics, um, back to good script. Uh, Don't be thinking about making a calling card. You know, if you're making a short film, this is my calling card to a feature career. You know, don't be thinking about that. Think about what's in front of you. And think about the way that that actually works. And I think the time people have had to spend in editing rooms or the time people have had to spend with their story and with their characters has really benefited the strength of, uh, te- of storytelling. So that's what we really found. That's what we really mm-hmm. found. Cool.
1: Um, so uh, do you remember last year we talked a, bit, a little bit about um, the trouble with being born and the, how that was a bit controversial? Um, oh, yeah. Do you think there are any controversial moments for this year's festival
2: um not like that okay <laughs> um, <laughs> yes yeah um there are some very there are some very strong statements within within the program okay. uh political statements like there's a documentary uh called rebel dykes about the uh uh lesbian movement the activist lesbian movement in i think it was the 70s and the, at the 80s that were protesting anti nuclear and that sort of thing, you know, very adjutant, uh, you know, uh, driven, very protest driven. Um, There's another protest film in the program called The Monopoly of Violence, which looks Mm. at uh, state power uh, and state police power to control populations and the way that is being used. Um, And that comes from both sides. You know, there's uh, police looking at footage and there are academics and such looking at, at footage and they try and talk about, what this actually means and you know both those films for instance they are very um, you know they're very political they're really controversial in their own right Um, they really discuss balance of power and the the uh, you know the citizen activism you know and they really Mm -hmm. they're they're controversial in that kind of way but they're not they're not um, I don't necessarily get you to question your gaze, yeah. like the trouble with being born did, Um but they get you to, they certainly get you to question your place in the world as it is now. Sure. Um, so in, in, internally, they're confronting, I suppose, and socially confronting, but, um, you know, um, culturally confronting, like the trouble with being born. There, there, there isn't, there isn't mm. that, which is, you know, more the, more the pity because yeah. that was an awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was great. Yeah. yeah. Um, th- this, uh, I saw you doing a little bit of this on social media, but um, do, you, do you think you could try and pick five standout films? I know I asked you the same thing last time, but what, what do I you love, think?
0: Love All right. Okay.
2: <laughs> here, here we go. I'll crack my knuckles and give it a crack. All, All right. right. Thanks. So. Uh, I like the film that I was just talking about, The Monopoly of Violence. I think that is great. It's a big screen, very, very powerful, very well put together piece of work. It's fantastic cinema art. It's a brilliant political documentary. It's very intelligent uh, and it's very powerful. Uh, It does everything it says on the can and it really, really works. And it's the movies i can't wait to see it right. um so so that's a high recommendation for me yeah. another one is a really awesome australian thriller called we're not here to fuck spiders it's like it, it is so good uh and when i saw it it came through in the call for entries when i saw it i said to jack the program director mate you have to look at this movie this is really something uh and it, it's like a uh a thriller set in a a, a squat, um, and it's uh, about a bunch of drug dealers and petty criminals. and uh, the beauty of the movie is the movie itself is great. But the beauty of it is that no one in the cast knew they knew their relationships to each other, but they didn't they weren't told what the story what their what the what the story of the film was. Their own tour told their own story okay. so they, they they never actually knew what was happening wow. or what what the end point would be and they shot it over like four days in this actual squat they found a squat and they they literally moved in and filmed it in there <laughs> uh and it's great uh and uh it, it, it's it, and the the problem the problem with it in many ways is that it's too hard. And so the film festivals and such, which are really used to much more softer kind of type works, uh, this film is just too hardcore for them. Uh, But when you look at it, it's like something like, it's not of the, the stratospheric storytelling of Ghosts of the Civil Dead or something like that, but it's certainly of that kind of value when you look at it and you, you yeah, you look at it and go, wow, you know, that's really smart mm, okay. filmmaking. You so speak about it? That's, that's that's another one. I I, oh, I not about the Um
0: Okay. I, it's it's probably more about that film, but um, yeah, is it a is it a 2020s dogs in space kind of thing with a squad? Oh, or it or? has
2: been it has been compared to to oh. Dogs in Space, uh, and because of that outlawness. And that suburbanness of it too. These things, you know, this is not something that doesn't happen. Uh, And so, it it, it does have that that again, the authenticity of the real world around it. Uh, And uh, you know, the characters. It's just, it always feels like it's about to explode. Um, Just, it's so tightly wound. Uh, So, uh, so that's that's a ripper. That film. There's another one called The Neon Across the Ocean. That's another Australian film by a a director, well, an Australian director called Matthew Victor Pastor. Mm -hmm. He's brilliant. He makes about a feature film a year. Uh, He's really, really finding his feet now as a director, and I think he's going to be huge. And I think the he'll he'll probably be taken under a European arm before he's an Australian one. But he's going to come back a hero. Um, His his works, his works are fantastic, Uh, and. They're really lean. It's a it's a dramatic feature. They're really lean. They're really um, they they uh, cross cultural. You know, he's a Filipino born um, you know filmmaker. So he often crosses the borders between the Philippines and Australia and mixes those stories. And he he's got this really great sense of color, like you know like Wong Kar Wai and you know mm-hmm. those great Hong Kong color, you know, high-color, high-concept movies. So that's another one. So that's my third. Um, I have to say the Get Your Shorts On and the City of Vincent film programs, they're great. They're local short films. Four of them we produce, the film festival produces, in collaboration with the City of Vincent. Mm -hmm. So they're four short documentaries. They're great. Um, We've been doing that for, like, four years now. And those films, you know, they're getting into film festivals around the world and winning awards. They're Mm -hmm. the real thing. Uh, and they might only have a budget of like uh, 7,000. That's what we give them. Uh, but these films, they're winning awards uh, and performing very, very well. So that's always a big night. Uh, depends on COVID capacity and that sort of thing. But we were well on the way to looking like selling out that house, which is like 400 people. Um, wow. So, you know, so that program is is always fantastic. It's brilliant for the industry. Uh, yeah. And it's lots of fun. Uh, and then... I'll just quickly squeeze in another two. Um, uh-huh. the, the, there's one called Nowhere Special, which is getting a release. It's a British dramatic feature about a father and son uh, who've got to make some very difficult decisions. It's uh, an, a killer tearjerker. Oh, it okay. absolutely rips <laughs> the tears from your eyes. Uh, but I love it. I love crying at the movies. I don't know what you guys think, but, yeah. you know, I, I love yeah. it. Um, so... Um, uh, that's that, that's an awesome movie, and I also was really a big fan of the um, film Freshman Year, which was going to be our opening night film, which has won the the Grand Jury Prize at South by Southwest this year. Wow. Uh, it's written by, it's done by this guy called Cooper Rafe, who stars in it, directs it, wrote it, produced it, and edited it. Uh, wow. And it's a, a right down the line classic American indie kind of deadpan comedy. I love it. It's really well put okay. together. So, th- so they're, they're my favourites. I think. Excellent.
1: Nice. Yeah, that's five. Cool. Right. And the shorts too. Um yeah. Roll, Rollie. Did you have a question you wanted to ask? I
0: think we Richard? did discuss this, didn't we? And and you, yeah. you said I could have one question. And I, I
1: thought, <laughs> um, oh, well, I, I, come on. Yeah, okay. That's cool. That's this cool. is how we
0: roll. It's fine. It's fine. Um, but I, no. But seriously, I was I was actually. Kind of interested to ask Richard because you kind of put the program together with uh Jack, he's the program producer, right. is that right? And um, he's the program and I, I'm, director, just, yeah. I'm just oh, right, okay, so I'm curious if you ever have uh come across a film where you're both kind of polarized at, at different ends of whether you think it should be in the festival and and he thinks it uh, it shouldn't, or you one of you really likes something and, and the other person really doesn't. And mm. you ever had those moments? And are there any such films that that you might be able to let us know that you didn't agree on, even if they're from past festivals? I'm just yeah. curious.
2: Look, uh, the answer to that is all the time. Right. We, uh, we argue about movies right. all the time, almost every day. Uh, and um, it, it, he's got a very specialised taste, and I, I have a, I wouldn't say it's a specialised taste, but I kind of do. Um, so we, so we both have our things um he he really likes films that are kind of from a darker side so he kind of likes films you know um if i could characterize it like he really likes the new york underground film scene and that scene is really grimy uh and really dirty and really closed you know it's it's all it's all about really closed spaces and tight Places, you know what I mean. Um, so I, I don't, I don't mind them, but you know, it's a, it's a very acquired taste. Uh, so he, he's constantly, we're, we're constantly arguing about things like that. You know, oh, this film is too weak. It's too, it's too white. Like, who cares about you know a bunch of white people with, you know, first world issues. Who cares about that? Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, who cares about, you know, like, for instance, for me, when I see films that are packed full of technology with people using mobile phones and computers and all that kind of thing, I think, no, not interested, you know, and just not interested. Let's think of a different way of telling a story or a different aesthetic. Um, So those kind of things. And probably one of the films that we had the biggest fight over a number of years ago was the human centipede, and
0: <laughs> oh, he, he I haven't actually to, seen that. But yeah, well, we all know he
2: wanted to movie. he he wanted to program the human centipede, uh, and it was programmed. It actually was programmed in the in the festival wow. before we went to print and everything. But he'd contacted the filmmaker and said, "Yes, we'll, we we would love to show your movie." Anyway, I had a look at the movie and I said, "Mate, we cannot screen this. We cannot <laughs> screen it," uh, and. and you know, to, and it's like, well, why? It's like, well, wait a minute. Look at the torture. Look at the three women being tortured in their lingerie throughout the entire movie in the most foul and despicable ways that you could possibly imagine. Are you, this is not something that when it all, you know, I was going to say turns to shit, but and for those of you who've seen the human centipede, you would know what I'm saying. When this hits the fan, are you prepared to stand behind this film and fly the flag and say, "Yes, we believe we should show this film because of blah 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 blah"? Because <laughs> I'm not. I'm not prepared to stand behind this film and defend it because it is so evil. It wasn't and rich I, I like horror. me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like horror and I like extreme cinema. I like cinema that pushes it all away. But this just pushes it all away for no for no reason. Uh, and okay. so that, that was something that we had a big a big discussion about and over a long period of time. So he had to pull the film. Um, but for this year, looking at the program of what's in, there's probably nothing in there that, I, that he wanted to put in, and I said, no, nah, that's we're just not doing mm-hmm. it. Um, so I think virtually everything in, in the program is... There's nothing that I would go that I would look at and go, nah. I I wish we hadn't done that. Uh, There was, there's probably in the in the program overall, there's probably I don't know, maybe twenty films that that we that have that are not in the program that we've Mm -hmm. argued about. Um, But that's 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 the fun of it because you know you because you're not arguing about the virtue of the film. You're really arguing about the audience and and. You what your perspective of the audience and what your perspective of the culture is. Um, and that's a really, really good discussion to have. That's always fun. It sounds like those uh, discussions and, could...
0: You guys should start a podcast and just to have those discussions <laughs> on. That that would be... Yeah. People would be really interested to hear them, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah I'm well,
2: sure. look, that's that's actually not a bad idea. Yeah, I'll yeah. cut you in for a percentage of that one, Riley. That's a, that's actually <laughs> that a genuinely okay. good idea. Okay, I like that idea. <laughs> nice, nice. So, 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 so Richard, both
1: how many um, how many films? We probably talked about this last time, but you've come. To, there's about thirty or so features and documentaries in total, not including the shorts. But how many do you guys watch f- to get down to this this short list?
2: Um, yeah, that's a good question. This year, because with the call for entries, it wasn't open for as long. Okay. So for, for the call for entries, we usually get around four hundred films sent to us. Uh, of, okay. all, of all types, features, documentary, shorts, and such. Out of them, we probably get about, I don't know, uh, through, I don't know, about 300 short films, a little bit less, and then the, okay. the others are made up of experimental films and documentaries and, and the feature films. So um, I watch all of them, uh, wow. and um, but I'll be honest and say I don't always watch all of them all the way through. Um, yeah, so, okay. So I but I do watch all of them uh, and then I make I, I color code them as to no uh mm-hmm. so I give no a color I give yeah I don't know it's maybe worth a look uh another color and then I give the jack you really need to take a look at these films a different color uh and okay. then so and so that narrows the pro that narrows the call for entry selection down by about uh, a half maybe a little bit more more than half, okay. and then so Jack. Jack looks uh, probably a little bit more than half, so it, it narrows n- narrows it down to like maybe out of four or five hundred, it'll narrow it down to like maybe 120.
0: Mm, okay,
2: he's that got that, that. I suggest that he has a look at maybe 150, uh, and then he will look at them and he will select them. It's, he will program them around. Let's say, for instance, the experimental films. So go into an experimental program, uh, then. But aside from the specialized containers like that, mm-hmm. he will look at the feature program that he's programmed and go, okay, this short works with this feature film. Uh, uh, okay. So we we often will, we'll often have really good short films that won't get into the festival because it doesn't go with the flow. Right. Okay. Uh, and that's a really super important thing for us because that's the thing that makes the festival have a curated sense mm. and a conversational sense so that when someone goes to see a feature film and they get a short film, which is most most of the time, they will see a story between the two and a conversation between the two. And it just gives the whole experience a little bit of an extra punch. Yeah, right. And as a, as a complete concept, uh, it makes the festival... I look at it like a movie. Uh, and so that every film in the program is a shot from a movie, uh, as if you're making a movie. Yeah. Uh, and that you might shoot the best shot that you'll ever shoot in your entire career, but it, unless it has a relationship to the rest of the story and the shots that have happened before and the shots that are happening after, you cut. So mm. that's so so that's why sometimes some good films don't make it into the festival because it doesn't relate to the the story that we're trying to tell. And then, yeah. so what's the conference for interest? And then the other side is the films that we actually invite, that we ask, ask to have a look at. And there's probably about... 200 250 of those that we asked wow. to have a look at that we look at uh and um yeah and we do the same thing we color code them uh and uh then with the bulk of, with the with so by the end of the first by the end of programming jack and i together have watched virtually well certainly jack has Virtually everything in the entire program. Wow. So that's how that's how it comes to yeah. pass. So ultimately, there's about seven hundred films.
1: So, so that's that's an incredible number. The 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 ones that you ask to look at, Richard. How do you how do you choose those?
2: Um, that you you do a lot of reading. I try and actually not look at what other film festivals are doing, although I do look at what. Um, happens at Cannes, what happens at Sundance, and what happens at, you know, Berlin. And So I do look at yeah. their programs. Um, and so when I look at their programs, I generally don't know anything about the movies at all. So I put right. myself in the place of an audience who, let's say, for instance, with Rev, would by and large not know anything about any of the films and by and large not heard of them. Mm. So the attractor to me is the title, straight off the bat. Okay. It's like, oh, that sounds like a cool movie. and and the 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 key image of of the film. And then i'll I'll just read the synopsis. This is on the film festival pages. And then I think, oh yeah, this sounds yeah, this sounds like it would work. Uh, and uh, so then I try and dig up the uh, producers or the sales agent or the production company or something like that. That yeah. sometimes takes a fair amount of research, but it's lots of fun. Uh, and then, then I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll approach them directly and say, can you send us a screener and rah rah So we do it in that kind of way. So that's the film festival side of things. Then I do a lot of reading. Um, like I read uh, uh, an online publication called Cine Europa, I think it's called, uh, which is a really, really super good rundown of what's happening all all across Europe with European yeah. cinema. So uh, it's not a review type publication but it's more of a a news type publication Mm. um so i i I read that uh and i read a few others but um i don't know it just kind of happens like you just kind of noodle around and then on the internet and then when like with us who've been doing it for a a long time we have really really great relationships with sales agents all around the world Uh,
1: okay Uh, yeah
2: and who represent films from all around the world to places all around the world. So we, we generally just contact, we contact them very early on and say, what do you got? Yeah. Uh, And then because we're on their mailing list as well, whenever they go to a a market, like a film market, like the European film market of Berlin or Cannes or Toronto or Sundance, there's only really five big ones Mm -hmm. uh, who are all struggling by the way. Mm. Uh, they, you know, we get emails from from the sales agents saying, this is what we're repping at this festival, are you interested? Okay. Um, so that's what we do. And then just briefly, you know, in, in the old days, like something like South by Southwest, for instance, the if you wanted to see a film that was happening at South by Southwest, you would have to wait till after the festival and after it did its premiere to be able to get a copy of the film from the filmmakers. But now... Because everything is moving so fast in the industry and all the filmmakers in the industry is so desperate because everything is shut because of COVID, um, you will be able to generally get a screener of the film before it's done its world premiere and even sometimes while it's still in a rough cut phase or a fine cut phase while they're still doing the colour grading, don't have the credit still doing the sound mix and that sort you're
0: of right. thing. Who signs, who signs off on that? Wouldn't the filmmaker want to only present the final version or is this the uh, version that's screened at a festival as well?
2: No, no. It's often it's often when, when you're getting the unfinished film, you're dealing generally with the filmmakers straight. So, mm. that you know, they're sitting in the editing room cutting the film while they're answering your email. Um <laughs> So you know that's that's the kind of that's that's the way that that works. Or you're dealing with the producer who's trying to um, hang someone upside down and and hope some pennies fall out of their pockets <laughs> when he's playing for the movie that's good
0: analogy um, for it.
2: so that's that's the way that it works. but often with um with Khan and South by Southwest and any film festival, they're still editing the film the day before it's screening. You know that often happens, so wow. that they they'll, they'll send it down the pipe. Finish the sound mix or the credits or something, and they're still doing it the day before. Wow! I know it's amazing. Yeah. Pressure. Jeez.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Um, excellent. Thank you very much, Richard. Uh, I think that we can leave it there. Rolly, do you have any more questions?
0: Uh no. I think I think we're yeah. all good. It's always nice to get a little peek behind the curtain of what's going on in yeah, Richard's word of yeah. Revelation.
1: Yeah. Yeah. well. Yeah. So you're you're out of quarantine very soon, Richard. You'll be able to. Oh. You Look, you go
2: there, this is my quick story. I um, had to. I wanted, needed to come over for Rev from, I live in Victoria, from Victoria. Uh, there was a 14-day hard ISO, ISO policy with mm. WA. WI. I don't know if there still is. Uh, so it was either come over two weeks before and do a hard ISO, uh, which I've done before and it's not easy, uh, mm. and I didn't particularly want to do that. Or I can go to Sydney where my family live and visit them for two weeks because there was no travel restrictions between WA and Sydney, and I can go and visit them and, you know, hang around and walk around and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, drink beers and say hello to everyone and this and that. Anyway, we all know what's happened in Sydney. So um, I, I was there for like about ten days, nine days, and then it all turned to shit. Uh, and then I, I said to my sister who I was living with, look, i got to get out of this town. If I'm going to get into WA, I'm going to have to leave now. Yeah. Uh, And so that morning, I ordered 10 days worth of food, found my accommodation in WA, booked an airline ticket, got my GTG pass and booked a hire car. And by five five o'clock that afternoon, I was on a plane on the way over to Perth. And then so I got I got to Perth and they said with my pass, oh, look, you know, we have to reevaluate the amount of days you do an ISO because Sydney counted as ISO. Uh. So yeah, I only yeah. had to do five days of ISO here um, uh, once I got off the plane, which I got out of last Tuesday last week was my last day of ISO. Okay. Um, so, and so, you know, all best laid plans, you yeah. know, I, I've been skipping around the country trying to stay in front of the yeah. plague and look what happens. <laughs> I'm locked out. And as it turns out, I might have to do bloody 14 days oh, of no. hard ISO when oh, I get back shit. to Melbourne. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> You oh man. Yeah. Right. No, it's well look, crazy.
1: Uh, crazy. surely it's you'll have some you'll have some movies yeah. to watch anyway, right?
2: Yeah, no, I'm over movies. Forget them. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> <too much> hard, <laughs> nice
1: one. It? Excellent. Thank you very much, Richard. Cheers. No worries, fellas. Thanks for having Richard.
2: me. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Bye bye. Right. Later. Bye.